come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your polter guide, Kinsey. I'm your polter guide, Donna. I'm your polter guide, Adrian. And polter guide Debbie, she had to take a train somewhere. It was on? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. 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 But I, I'm, I'm sure she's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so this week, we watched the 2016 South Korean zombie film, Train to Busan. And so let's go around. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Had you seen it before? I had not seen it before because... As I've mentioned previously, I tend to not like movies with subtitles. My God, I love this movie. I loved everything about this movie. This is an amazing movie, and you should watch it. I had also not seen it before. It was on my list to watch for a very long time, but I tend to watch movies while I'm also doing other things because I'm a dick. I don't know. Uh, and so subtitles are hard. I, I actually, I, like, I, I don't mind them. I read them fine. Um I don't have an issue concentrating on them in the movie. I just have an issue concentrating on them and the movie and then whatever other bullshit that I want to be doing at the time. But holy fuck, this is a perfect zombie film. So I had not seen this before like you, Adrian. This had been one on my list for a while that I'd been hearing about and heard how amazing it was. And just to echo both of y'all sentiments, holy shit, like this made me so excited about the zombie genre again, like just, man, oh, um, yeah, for whatever reason, I just was putting off watching it, you know, whatever bullshit reason I had going on, but, oh, I am so glad we did this movie, guys. <laughs> it's so good, holy shit, like, I love zombies, I love them, I love them, they're my favorite genre, and 99% of the zombie movies I watch are disappointing, and this one was never at any point disappointing. Agreed. 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 Now, so we will, pro- we are going to be into spoiler ter- territory so super fast, everybody. Just warning. So just stop what you're doing. It's streaming so many places. Just watch it and then come back to us. We'll understand. But for those of you that don't know what this film is about, our good, good buddies at IMDb are going to try to tell you. So what they say is while a zombie virus breaks out in South. No, listen, listen. What this movie is about is the rise of Trump in the Republican Party. I mean, you're not wrong and I can see it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. It's controversial for the color of this state, but I like it and I'm a fan of it. Now, IMDb is going to disagree with you, but. That's okay. Whatever. That's, we've, that's, we've long established IMDb is bad. Right. But they are going to tell you that while a zombie virus breaks out in South Korea, passengers struggle to survive on the train from Seoul to Busan. And with that note, let's, uh, let's get into it. The uh, opening of this movie, um, I loved so much. The effects in this movie are top notch i honestly still don't know what they did to that deer i mean i assume they didn't actually 
I mean, you can't train a deer to do that. So I'm assuming that it was not an actual deer, but it was everything that you saw was completely believable. Like, oh, something weird is going on with that deer. Well, and Could it have been like a dog in the long shots or something? That could be. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, because you can teach a dog to roll over. So maybe it was a dog. I don't know. But just just that deer kind of flipping out and then standing up um, was um, amazing. And it, it, it really, you know, I was kind of half-heartedly watching it right up to that point. And then that deer flipped out and stood back up. And I was like, ooh, okay, I'm in. I love that deer. Yeah. yeah. So that was uh, that was some good stuff right there. Yeah. The deer the deer shot was what told me this was going to be different because rarely do we see zombie animals done mm-hmm. in on film. Now games, yeah, all day every day. But man, like I was I was so excited when I saw that. I was like, oh, this is. I just I was like, okay, this is going to be good. We didn't actually see many zombie animals during the film, but it also makes sense because the the majority of the film takes place on this train and animals don't tend to hang out there. Um, so yeah, the deer was great. Um, and the, um, the problem with a lot of zombie movies, it's the same thing Adrian has complained about with werewolf movies. Like we all know what's going on. You know, we're watching this movie. We know there's zombies. We get it. Um, can we get to the movie? But the slow buildup in this movie was, was really good, you know, um, with the, you know, the emergency vehicles going by and, you know, it was, it was just um, a, a slow build that I was willing to um, go along with. Well, and I liked with that slow build, we needed that because once it gets going, it, (laughs) it does not let up. And I was so pleasantly surprised by that because it was like the stakes start out at one level okay we're, we're good well then this happens so it's the next level and it just keeps building and building and building and you are just trying to catch your breath and it does not happen and i i just love that about this film the um and the performance of that little girl um you know you don't normally see a lot of character development in young children in anything really uh certainly not in a horror film but this girl had an arc because she was practically an unemotional doll when you first see her she's just a complete blank affect um you know she doesn't she doesn't even look disappointed when she gets the gift that she's already got she just kind of looks at it and looks at you know the we that she's already got um and the 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 slow build of emotion that she's displaying over the course of the film um, was something I found really remarkable. She but, was upsettingly good at her job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and well, and I liked with her and even her dad, he goes through a pretty distinct arc too. And yeah. I mean, for a genre film, there is so much character development with not a lot of dialogue, like, the, I call them the survivors in my head. Yeah. You know exactly who these people are with just a few little actions, a few little like, man, they get they get a lot out of all the actors. But yeah, the character development of the dad, um, the thing I loved about it is they didn't throw it in your face. You know, they, they were never obvious about it. Um, 
except, you know, the, the most obvious was when the little girl was crying and said, you only care about yourself. That's why mom left. So that was, that was the most obvious thing that happened. And then watching him after that start to help other people right up until the very end when he sacrificed himself um, yeah. for them um, was, was really remarkable. But again, they didn't like, look, his character developed, look, he's changed. You know, it just, you just watched him going, Oh, he's, Oh, he's helping. He's letting that other person go ahead of him. You know, yeah. it was, it was very natural and you're right. They didn't beat you over the head with it. It was just, you know, a natural progression. Well, and I think that's one of the things that makes this launch into the, this is a perfect zombie movie for me, because I think you're right. A lot of zombie movies don't do that. They kind of forget that we need to care about anybody in this film. Like it focuses on the, how is this person going to be killed by zombies instead of making us care. And the thing that this movie kept making me think about a lot was the Dawn of the Dead remake in both like the frenetic pace, but also the way that the movie does care about its characters and it does want us to know who they are. And that's one of the things I like because then when that happens, I'm invested. Like I'm not just like, who's going to die in this scene. It's how can they get out of this? Because I care deeply about them getting out of this. How about dad to be? Oh my gosh. I love him so much. He's awesome. And he's flawed. I love I love that he is a character that you love so much, but he is flawed. You know, um, it's, I, like, I was sort of t like, chatting as we were watching it and i was like dude stay in your lane calm down you need to shut up right now he said something like uh about the baby he said something like i made that or, i made that yeah he, he he touched her belly and goes i made that and i was like no you fucking didn't <laughs> you you contributed a tiny 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 bit of genetic material and then you were done you sous chefed it if we're gonna if we're gonna use you're the <laughs> That is the cook, oven, baker, everything. You you assisted, and I mean, top-notch work. But so would y'all like to step in my emotional corner real fast? Yeah. Speaking of this film, all right. So talking about caring about these characters and what happens to them, I found myself multiple times in this film crying. And Same. I, and I have not had that reaction in a horror film in a very long time. And I was openly weeping in parts and just thoroughly moved. And I just, it was beautiful. And Adrian is right. It is, it wasn't about how is this person going to die? It's, you know, how are they going to get out of this? And I loved, I loved that. I loved being that invested in the, the, the survivors because I loved every one of them and I wanted, you know, it's a zombie. not every one of them. No, no. The ones that you're supposed Most. to love. Most. Yeah. The ones you're supposed to love, I was. Um, how about the sisters who were a very minor part of this film, but yet they were so impactful. Yeah. The know? sisters broke me. Yep. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. The sisters broke me. And then when the little girl was like, she reminds me of granny. I was just, <sighs> yeah. That little, oh Yeah. That it's it's so like one of the things that I think is so neat about this movie is it does feel like a train ride for the first part. You know, you've got all these people that you kind of meet and you say hi to in a little bit. You get just like a little view into them. And then whenever he's like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to be that good. Um, I just like 
I don't know. But yeah, like, and, and the way she was like, but granny's knees hurt her. It was just, um, I don't have words. It's too early in the morning for words, but it was beautiful. <laughs> well, and especially was that right before when he was on the phone with his mom or is it right after where she, granny doesn't think the little girl loves her? Um, I think, oh shit, it was really close, but yeah. now I can't remember the, the order of events. Yeah. But it just really, you know, you're you're already seeing that no, this little girl is very thoughtful. She cares. And despite what her granny thought, you know, she did notice those things. And mm -hmm. yeah. One of the things that I really like about zombies and, and, and my favorite zombie movies are always the ones where you can where, where it's not just telling the zombie movie story. It's not just telling us some like here are some people and then zombies attacked. There's like there's more going on there. And there's definitely, I think, more going on in this movie. And I think being American, I'm going to misinterpret what's happening in my American way. Like we compared it to Trump already. They're not fucking writing about Trump probably in 2016. Um, but there was actually a moment in this movie where I was like, that motherfucker, he voted for Trump and he's an anti-masker. Well, I mean, and I, I made the comment about it being about Trump, but in reality, it's about the, the mindset of people that allows for someone like Trump to uh, prosper. Like, you know, that guy, that, that, Trumper, I, I don't know what else to call him, that Trumper, um, he um, was so focused on himself, you know, like they were going to let those people die. They were going to let those people get eaten by zombies because they were afraid for themselves when they could have helped them, you know, and the sister would have lived, uh, the husband would have lived if they would have just let those people into that car, you know. Um, so, and, th okay, there was a shot... Um, there was a shot when they were approaching that car where they were using the same sort of angle on the people in the car that they used on the zombies in the cars, you know, and, and you looked at that and like they were, they were, I, I basically felt like the filmmaker was saying, there's not really any difference between these people and these zombies, because mm -hmm. these people only care about themselves. These zombies only care about biting you. This movie was so good at its theming throughout, like the, the allegory remains intact from beginning to end. Just all of these people who only care about themselves and they're fucking miserable. They're never going to be satisfied with anything. I think we've already mentioned the dad's character arc, but I think one of my favorite moments in his character arc was when they got into the safe car and... They were told to leave. And the, the look on his face, he was such a good actor. The look on mm -hmm. his face was not just disgust at them. I mean, there was clearly disgust at them, but also a sort of self-realization of, oh, that's who I've been. And I felt like you could read all of that just oh, in he, his facial expression. Oh, I agree. I think that's when it really hit him that he, on the path he was going down, was going to be that guy. And no, I like that with this film that different countries, different situations, but there was so much to relate to with the class warfare. I mean, that's a lot going on with this and you could just, you see those parallels. And I thought that was just really amazing. It's like, I don't know politics in South Korea, same way 
people in South Korea don't know, really know our politics, but the fact that you have this universal theme and it just, it, I, I, I don't care where you're from. I think it just makes, you can relate to this and understand exactly what this film is talking about. And I thought that was brilliant. It, it kind of is a little depressing, but also maybe a little reassuring that it's not just an American problem that people that would idolize Trump are everywhere. Um, that, that people who would behave like that um, are everywhere. It's, it's sad. a uniquely American disease. Yeah, exactly. It is, it is sad that that's a thing that happens in humanity, but also just a little reassuring that it's not just us. Yeah. And I mean, I took a similar stance with that, but despite our differences, there's a lot of core things that are just uniquely human, that we all have our own, you know, problems, things going on, but that's what makes us human. I also want to talk about how much I loved the way the zombies did this this film. I don't normally like sprinting zombies. I'm normally a shambling zombie person, but these sprinting zombies were terrifying and the way they moved like you know it's it's a thing i'm gonna get off on a tangent here you know people complain about how all the star trek aliens are just humans with ridges on their heads and i'm like well you know what we don't have any alien actors available so yes in fact they are just humans with ridges on their head because that's what we've got to work with um so you know with zombies Okay, they're not actually the living dead. They're actually living people with uh, makeup. And that's just the reality of what we're doing. But they managed in this and the girl with all the gifts, they managed to make the zombies move in a way that didn't look human. And I really, really liked that. I think that like this movie had the zombies forego physics in a way that felt really, really right for zombies. Like they... They do not care at all for their body. They are 100% after the thing they want, their body be damned. So they're throwing themselves fully toward the thing they want to bite. So they have that scene towards the end where it's like this big crashing wave of zombies happens. And like it's like one of them tripped and then they're all tripping over that one and it just makes this i'm words again but yeah it's just like this wave of them happens and it's like it's so terrifying to see people moving like that yeah there was another shot where like there was a mob of zombies coming from one direction and a mob of zombies coming from the other direction and they just crashed into each other Mm -hmm. which again in a way that actual living humans would not have yeah, because like actual living humans have both self-preservation and um, motor skills. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the scene where they make it to the train car. Uh, I, I know we jump topics, but I wanted to talk about that one more. Is so great. Like they have worked so hard, and like you can see, the, like the guy, the 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 Trump supporter, the anti-masker. He makes a good argument. Um, I think he was in charge of the train somehow, right? Like he wasn't the train conductor, but he, he had some. Seemed to be. No, he was a he was a CEO, and he told the uh, the the uh, engineer conductor, not the, not the conductor, but the the guy that was helping the conductor. He said, "I'm a CEO of such and such company. I need to get to Busan. We're going." And that's 
Um, of course, he was a CEO. And so that's kind of why I said like the class warfare with the money, oh, yeah. because it's like, OK, then they're doing their damnedest to to accommodate him. Now, I don't think the conductor ever knew the conductor is just this is the plan. This is what we're doing. We're going to talk about him. Yeah, we are going to talk about that hero. <laughs> um, so like he like he makes a valid point, right? Like you don't know if they're injured at the same time. It's like. It's the fucking Skittles argument. It is the fucking Skittles argument. Like, like, would you let in, or would you eat these Skittles if some of them were poisoned, right? That all of these Trump people, all these fucking tea partiers were making about um, immigrants and refugees, right? And it's like, you just let them in because if they've been bitten, you can see that. You can have a conversation with people. Like, as shown... By this movie, most of these people don't want to fucking kill anybody else. And we're pretty like that's something we did not have in this movie. A plus. We didn't have anybody hiding their injuries. No, huh? we didn't like I mean, and then kind of like you guys were saying with once they they turn and then they don't care about their body. That movement of that flip that they do like that started with the deer at the beginning and then every everyone that we see like actively turn does that weird body flip. Mm -hmm. And, and I thought that was really cool. Um, Another thing that I liked with this film, not that I'm opposed to this, but it, and we kind of touched on it briefly is it did not rely on gore. Like the infection looked different and you know, I'm not anti-gore by any means, but I liked that it was just different. Yeah. It was something unseen before. Yeah. But so, so he, you know, he, he makes a valid argument, but it's also an argument about something that can be fucking verified. Yeah. Um, and also, like, it's been pretty clear, like, like, when somebody's bit, you can tell, like, you have a warning. This isn't like... You have, s- you have time. I was gonna yeah. say, you have time. Yeah. Um, and so when they get there... And it's clear that nobody's bit, but they're like, to the people who just got here, you can't stay with us. Like, that line, when he said that, I was like, holy shit. I should have put that in for the quotes, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> like, it just it just stopped me dead, you know? Ha ha ha. It was like, well, like, first, the very first thing I thought was, you can't sit with us. Um, but then it just like, these people were so okay with, I mean, condemning these other people to like, like to probably death for fucking what, for what? Yeah, exactly. Um, like we saw established multiple times that, um, you know, even after their eyes had filmed over, they still had several minutes. So yeah, exactly. You, you could you could very easily say, okay, you guys sit in the back, which is still problematic, but whatever. You guys sit over there and... Um, that's a different allegory. That's a different allegory. <laughs> um, and, you know, or even after, you know, half an hour. If you guys are all fine in half an hour, um, then we're all fine. I don't know. It was, it, was, it was ridiculous. It was like they were willing to condemn these other people because they weren't part of their group. And it was... Um, um, bad it was bad it was gross 
it was bad. Uh, but an example of how one, um, I don't even want to say charismatic because I don't think he was that charismatic. He was just forceful. Loud. 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 Okay. How one loud person can influence the behavior of otherwise reasonable. Well, because what he's doing is he's stirring up the fear, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, he's just, he's put, he's, he's pouring blood in the water. He's, he's playing on everything that they are most terrified of in that moment. And it's making them stupid. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a great John Carpenter quote talking about that very thing about how, you know, we're safe over here, but over there, we've got to watch out for them, watching out for the other. And that's basically what he was doing. They yeah, were the, they true. were the other. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in Hades town, they have this whole song about like, why do we build the wall or why do we, I can't remember the exact words right now. Um, but you know, they're building this wall around Hades and they're like, why? Well, because we got to build the wall to keep us free. Why do we got to build the wall to keep us free? Because the enemies are out there. And if we don't build this wall, they'll come in. Well, what do the enemies want? The enemies want our jobs because they don't have any and we have a job. What's your job? It's building this wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the train conductor for a second. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Oh my God, motherfucking hero. This dude does not even fucking know if anybody is alive and he's still doing all of this. He Mm -hmm. hasn't spoken to any of them. He hasn't heard anybody's voice since the beginning of the fucking film on that train. He doesn't know if he has a train full of corpses or what. And he is still like, I am getting somebody to the end of this fucking line. Yep. And, uh, and, And yeah, actually, you know, the fact that he hasn't talked to anybody is significant. He's got no reason to care about those people. None. And yet he, he does. He has no character development on any of them. <laughs> no. Um, and so he's like, he's like the exact opposite of anti-mask dude. Mm-hmm. Who, who did have every reason to know and care about these people and didn't. So conductor has no reason to know or care about these people and does care enough to risk his life and um, do his job, do his damn job. Yeah. Do his damn job. Gone. Yeah. Like, oh man, he, oh, he's just so good. He's so fucking good. And I just wish the best for him in the afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> but that's once again, the beauty of this film is that these characters, there's, you know exactly who these people are in such a short amount of time without it being bells and whistles and banners and like it's just it's so natural and just it's perfect yeah yeah i mean just just like the fact that he got his daughter a wee when she already had a wee sitting right there in plain sight kind of tells you where dad's um brain was what do kids like? I don't know. Games? Game systems? Yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, that makes me wonder if on, what was it, Children's Day, they said, if he did not have that exact same conversation with his assistant or whatever, and that, and he was like, no, I'm going to fuck with him. Yeah. Kids like a wee. Yeah. Actually, I can, I can totally imagine that. The assistant is like, we got her a wee for the last holiday, but sh- let's get her a wee. Mm-hmm. That was that was my thought with that was like, 
that assistant has had that conversation before. And this is, uh, you know, he is not going to know. So mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I am saying that. Yeah. So did anyone else think on when they were showing the news that it looked like, and they were like, oh, we're handling our, our zombie problem, that they were dropping their zombie problem into uh, poorer neighborhoods? Yeah. Did you? I, I take it Donna did not catch that because y'all, if y'all could see Donna's expression, it is. Yeah. Nope. I didn't get that. I was, um, in fact, I was, I, I thought they were just superimposing, you know, images showing that the zombie problem is clearly not taken care of over the newscast. I didn't quite get the, oh, we're taking care of the zombie people, zombie problem for our rich people. I didn't get that. Yeah. I mean, they were literally airdropping the zombies somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there was people there going about their lives and then they're dropping them in and it's, yeah. Well, and then there's that, didn't somebody have a whole conversation with the guy about like, is this my fault? And he had like inside army information. I felt like there was some sort of intent behind a lot of what was going on. Yeah, because it was toward the end. It was like, oh, yeah, uh, uh, I was hit. I, they may have been, uh, it said analyst on his phone who he was talking to. And it was like, oh, yeah, this all started in Busan. And so they're fine. They've actually got it quarantined very well. And then he and I, I'm, I'm with you. I think there was supposed to be there may have been a little bit more to that or just something we might have not picked up on. I don't know. But I definitely think there was something and there was also during the news footage, basically also the, a little bit of censoring of like the Google searches and stuff, which I thought that was really interesting as well. Mm-hmm. I have a poll question for you, which I should have perhaps proposed for our official poll question, but I didn't. So we're going to do it now. So I have heard multiple rumors that they're wanting to do an English version of Train to Busan. I have heard that as well. So I guess my poll question is, do you think we can do it justice? I think it depends on who does it. And like, it's possible. Um, so there are in my, I'll, I'll let Kinsey go on. Cause mine, the answer is a little bit longer. <laughs> I, I think it really depends on the director and the story. I think, um, you know, not to beat this dead horse. Uh, I think, I think Zack Snyder could do it based on Dawn of the dead. He could find that, that balance and keep it true to the source material and also make it, you know, be true to the source material. I'll just stop there. But I think he could, he'd be my, my one and only choice. And there may be others out there that I just don't know of, Mm -hmm. but I think some would focus too much on the gore and the effects. And then just, it's not about the people. It's about the zombies, which no. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you're right. I like, like I said, I kept thinking of Dawn, the Dawn of the Dead remake whenever I was watching this. And so I think that he would be a natural pick at the same time, though, I kind of feel like we already have the Dawn of the Dead remake. Do we need this? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the only reason you would do it is to make this story more accessible to an English speaking audience, which, you know, there's probably something to that. Um, and what is it going to be? The train to Akron? <laughs> there's a train that runs from Oklahoma City to California. Uh, that's probably too long. There's also a train that runs, like, you can get to New York City by train from a lot of places in New England. However, how the fuck ever, the problem is that um, we don't care about public transportation in America. 
And so finding a fucking analog for that is going to be a lot harder because in order for us to have trains that go from one city to another city at a really fast pace, we have to give a dick about the people that need to get from one city to another city. And we don't do that because if you can't get there, it means you can't afford a car and therefore maybe you should just die. Mm. So I don't know, American audiences, go vote for people that are going to support people who will have less money than you. Then we deserve this movie. Yes. Yes. My longer answer (laughs) (laughs) is that um, I find in hmm, a lot of the sort of Asian horror movies that have been remade for American audiences like The Grudge and The Ring have some decision some story decisions made in the originals that i don't think ever would have been made by americans like in the ring there's this whole subplot about like this xavier school for the gifted where like samara and other people with powers are being held and that's where the tape came from actually was like these sessions with Samara um, investigating her powers. And uh, they cut that out for American audiences. And I don't think that that was a terrible decision because while there was a part of me that was like, this is really interesting. There was another part of me that was like, this feels like a TV show or a series of movies. And this is a lot to put into one movie. Um, And being part of the American audience Uh, I can see why they would cut that. Um, And I want to say that I've seen that happen with other ones, but I can't think of any of the examples right now. So I feel like they would, in in a lot of remakes, they, they, they change it and make it more palpable to the, the American people. Um, Easier to swallow. Yeah. Easier to swallow. Um, I don't think there's anything in this movie that needs to be changed though. There's nothing that's not out of our grasp of understanding. There's no, there's no story beats like, oh, there's also secretly a school for these people with supernatural powers. Like there's, there's nothing like that that I think would need to be cut out. And so if somebody's like, hey, let's remake this movie in, for an American audience because people don't want to read subtitles, maybe just find some really good like voice actors to dub it. Yeah. I don't know, because I think that what you would end up with is just a shot for shot remake. And that feels like cheating unnecessary unnecessary yeah Yeah. i like the idea that zombies don't see in the dark yeah that was amazing like i liked that story beat that was something i hadn't seen before and just really well done and also another great way just to add that tension yes and i just yeah i hadn't seen that done before and that if they don't see you then they don't know that you're there and i thought that was just that was very clever and well so silent hill echoes there because like while it's not overtly stated in silent hill that the nurses can't see in the dark the nurses don't react to anything if they don't hear you and so in silent hill the games and the movie i guess we can pluralize like technically there's more than one silent hill movie whatever um you have those really high tension scenes where they're trying to sneak quietly through the gaggle of nurses. Yeah. 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 No, I liked, 
I like that. I thought that was, you know, when they're crawling basically on the overhead compartment. That was great. Yeah. It was such a good scene. I did have a moment to think, thank goodness there's no fat people in the group. Well, dad to be wasn't a, a slim chicken. He was definitely fluffy. All right. Do we have anything else before we start wrapping up? Go watch this movie, guys. Yeah, definitely. If you've already seen it, just go watch it again. Mm -hmm. And tell a friend. Tell all your friends. Tell your friend who won't wear a mask. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, your friend who won't wear a mask will not listen because that's what they do. They don't listen. Just show them the movie and ask them who they want to be. That's a good. You know, it makes me wonder if, if you're an anti-masker type person, do you watch this movie and go, yeah, no, that guy makes sense. That guy, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm with him. That's what I would be doing. I think that probably there are people who hear what that guy's saying and are like, yeah, yeah, he's right. These people could be infected. And for them, it probably doesn't matter that they aren't. What matters is that they could be. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a lot of arguments with people where they're like, but what if this is true? And I'm like, okay, but it's not. And they're like, but what if it is? And I'm like, but it's not. And the question that they keep going back to is just, but what if it is? And I'm like, I don't fucking know because it's fucking not. Um, But it's just that fear. It's the fear that makes you fucking stupid because human brains are built to deal with fear in a way that gets you out of the dangerous situation as soon as possible. What? I just realized the people in the car died expressly because they didn't let the people in because the sister opened the door Yeah. because her other, her sister was out there. She would not have opened that door if her sister hadn't been out there and her sister would not have been out there. If the people in the safe car would have just let them in. Yeah. yeah. It's their own damn fault. It is. It is exactly their own fault. Because like, like, so your brain is stupid. I remember one time I had gone to the store to get dog food and I got a lot of, we have a big dog. He's, he's very big. And so I had this 40 pound bag of dog food and I walked into my house and it was nine 30. My kid was in bed when I left, she was supposed to be asleep. And so I walk into the house and, um, you know, my partner's like off on his computer doing things. And all of a sudden, there's this down the hall and a small creature that is not a dog. It's not shaped right for a dog. is just on all fours, scrambling out of the hallway in the half lit house at 930 at night. And I had this 40 pound diet bag of dog food in my hands and I went to throw it and I went to throw it. So like, like, like I felt it leave my hands. And then I realize it's my fucking kid, like on her hands and her feet on all fours, scrambling like a horror movie monster um, and not in bed like she's supposed to be. And I had and I like I managed to catch this dog food before it like fully left my ability (laughs) to do anything about it. But later I was like, man, I almost killed my child with a bag of dog food that weighs more than she does uh, because I got scared of my house, of my locked door, the house where there are people inside who are probably alive. <laughs> like, like what the fuck, brain? You're going into the safest place you know. Calm the fuck down. 
like like fear just makes people stupid and so and i mean there's not a lot that you can always do about that in the moment it's hard um when i work I, I'm, I'm going off on a big ramble here i'm really sorry slash not sorry mm-hmm. um but whenever i worked at the library we had to do active shooter training because we live in america um and one of the things that the guy said is that there's no way to practice for this that's good like any anything you do to make people like prepare for this and practice for this is just as traumatizing as like the real thing Mm -hmm. and so he said the only thing you can really do is just you know when you have time just sit at your desk and think i'm sitting here if somebody came in that door and all of these people were exactly where they are what would i do um you know, what would I do if I was over there? What would I do if there was a pregnant lady sitting there? What would I do? You know, just all these scenarios. He's like, just, you just have to run through them because the more that you do this, the more practice you're getting, the more you're telling your brain, here's what we do if this thing ever happens. And so like the only way to make yourself less stupid when you're in a fear inducing situation is to confront that fear is to think is to sit with that fear and think about it and think about what you would do in in a situation where you could die and people that you care about could die and that's super uncomfortable nobody fucking wants to do that i don't want to do it i don't want to spend my days at the fucking library between telling people that they should read twilight or this new cozy mystery thinking about what i'm going to do if i need to save five children that are in the children's area if some dude comes in shooting people but I would rather do that than be a fucking dick. And, and so I think that for people who would be that guy, the thing is, is that they just never sat with themselves. They would never look at him and think, oh, yeah, I, like that's who I want to be. They would look at him and think, oh, yeah, he's right. He's making sense. He's bad. He's bad. He did a bad thing. But I, I wouldn't do that bad thing. Because I'm right and I would do it better than he did. And you won't. You're not going to do it better than he did. You're going to do the exact same fucking thing that he did. That was really long. I'm, I'm so sorry. No, but it was good. It was very good. Yeah. It was very good. All right. Do we have anything else before we start rule polling quote? I mean, probably. There's a lot of really good themes in this movie. Um, but I didn't take as many notes as I should have because it's Final Fantasy Fan Fest. And um, I was also running Dungeons because there's special in-game prizes right now. So I'm a dick. I didn't take notes. I took some, but I was just too wrapped up in this. Just it's watching. so good. It, just watching it. So I'm, I don't think you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Donna, you have our quote. You're infected. And I, you know, that just fit in with <laughs> our final discussion. Just A plus. Yep, yep, yep. Because, in fact, people were infected with hatred and fear. Aww. (laughs) It's such a good, like, summation of the movie because it's just about this, like, othering, this this fear and anything to other the other people so that you can justify doing terrible things so that you feel safe. That's another point of this movie that I think should probably be touched on. There is a big difference between feeling safe and being safe. And let me tell you, if you're alone or you're losing people, you are less safe no matter how you fucking feel. 
Um, I should have mentioned this earlier. There was a moment in this movie that reminded me of a very um, significant moment in my life. Um, there was uh, 2009, there was a tremendous ice storm that hit Oklahoma. And I was trying to drive home in that ice storm. And I was on I-35 when my car spun out. And I, I mean, I, I think I turned three times before I hit the concrete barrier. And there was, but I had Thank you time. for not dying. Yes. I had time to think I might be about to die. I mean, I was completely convinced I was about to be badly hurt. Um, but um, in that moment, I was comfortable. I was warm. I was sitting in my car with my seatbelt on. And it was this disconnect between where I was in that moment and what I expected to happen in a, a matter of a second or two. Um, and I was reminded of that right after the, the burning um, engine slammed through the train station and um, the, the, the dad, the kid and the pregnant woman were trapped between those two cars. And there was all these zombies that were pounding on the windows, right? And, and I was reminded of that because in that moment, they were fine. They were in that moment, they were fine. But any second, they were going to be not fine. And it was, it was this, uh, it's just, I was reminded of that very impactful moment for me, of, of that weird feeling of being safe, only really not at all safe. The illusion of safety. Yes. All right. Adrian, you have our rule. Yeah, this is a total side note that I'm going to do real quick. But uh, I was supposed to record something about the Babadook. And because of who I am as a person, I did not do that. So I thought that I might try to do a quick TikTok about it, maybe. Um, call me out when I don't do that after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, the rule. Uh, stick together. Help out your fellow man. Because the only time that people died in this movie is when that fell the fuck apart. I argued hard for don't put your hand over a zombie's mouth. But uh, in the end, we decided that stick together was a better rule. Also, don't put your hand over a zombie's mouth. When he put the book in the zombie's mouth, A plus. Hand, oh, mm, F. Yeah, book in zombie's mouth, yes. All right. And Adrian, you also have our poll question. I'm going to do a little bit of preamble on this. Um when we see when the sisters see each other through the glass door and one of them is a zombie and the other one's not that sister like stills like she stopped pawing at the glass she she didn't exactly look at her sister but there seemed to be acknowledgement of seeing her sister there was a change in that zombie's behavior upon her sister coming into her zone of um, perception. And we, I think, can see it a little bit, too, when the girl turns into a zombie, and the very, very first thing she does is bite the guy. And it's so fast. Like, we had gotten moments of, like, uh, not, I was going to say clarity, but not clarity, but, like, these moments of this creepy talk from people who were turning and she didn't really get that she just bit him and for a moment i was like did she just turn faster than other people um and and i sort of like made it make sense to me because she got bit on the thigh like on the inner thigh i think and so i was like it's going straight to her heart like that's that 
that's that important artery, right? Where the, all the, you can bleed out from getting stabbed there. So that's, maybe that's significant. But then I thought, well, what if she did that? Because that's all she was thinking about was being with him and him being with her. Which brings me to the poll question. At the end of the movie, when the dad gets bit and he's sitting and he's standing outside on the train and he's kind of looking off into the distance and he's turning and he's have and, and you see all the flashbacks of his kid being born. And when he's just looking at her and he's counting her little toes and looking at that perfect little frowny face that babies make and just all of these beautiful, adorable baby pictures. And then and he smiles and he steps off the train. Was he in control because he was thinking of something happy? How much does do your last moments in this movie affect your ability to control yourself once you become a zombie? I have two different opinions on what happened. Um, the first is there seemed to be a variable amount of time that it took for people to turn. Um, you know, like the girl that was on the train uh, it took her a long time to turn, um, you know, when, when the, Which the girl first, on the train, the teenage girl, the, the first girl, the, ah, the yeah, yeah the, the, the one who was in the, uh, in the bathroom and she went limping down the, the train patient zero. Yeah. Train patient zero. She, it took her a long time to turn. Uh, it took uh, dad to be a long time to turn. And he seemed to stay in control of who he was right up until uh, the the moment he did turn the uh, the anti-masker dude uh, it took him I mean he he was still himself even after his eyes had filmed over he did not turn until dad said you're infected and then he looked at himself and then he kind of twitched and then he was, was a zombie uh, so thought one is that dad had not actually turned at the moment he fell so yeah he was in control because he still was himself um, thought two is that he deliberately positioned himself in such a way that when he lost control of his body, he would fall. Uh, either way, yes, I think him thinking happy thoughts contributed to what happened. I disagree with your thought too, only because the movie does show him taking a step off of the train. Okay. And that is in direct opposition to anything that any of the zombies had done. True, true. All right, so I just have one thought. <laughs> I think that was, I think his step, I think that is the final act of control that he has. And I think he's desperately holding on to his humanity because I, he saw with Anti-Masker that when you acknowledged, hey, you're, you're not human anymore, that's when it got bad, if you will. And so that's why as he's thinking of his daughter, he's like, every, it's basically everything I'm doing, I'm doing for my daughter. This is for her. You know, I promised her she would get to Busan. And this is, this is why I'm thinking this. And, and so he could hold on as long as he could. Now, do I think, uh, I did see one of the goofs they talk about is that the incubation time on this film kind of changes to the to fit the plot point, why some turn faster than others. But I like the idea that depending on the bite, where it's at, why it's not as fast. So, well, you know, I think it's like any kind of like sickness body thing. The incubation period is different in general, like in the real world, like one person can have cancer for a month 
and die and another person can have a cancer for seven years. Actually, um, it's it with rabies, which rabies is a very complicated and fascinating disease. But basically, the rabies virus crawls up your nerves to your central nervous system. And so what that means is if you get exposed to rabies through a bite on, say, your face, you're going to get rabies a whole lot faster than if you got exposed to rabies through a bite on your foot. I don't know why you describing rabies as crawling through your central nervous system made it a thousand times more terrifying than it already was. Two, crawling to your central nervous system. Holy shit, Donna. (laughs) Sit down. (laughs) You are way too giddy about traumatizing Adrian and I with with your verbiage of rabies. I don't want anything crawling to my central nervous system. You could have been like, your thoughts crawl to your central nervous system. And I still would have been a little freaked out. But the fact that it's rabies, Jesus Christ. Listen, rabies is really interesting. It is. We should do a whole episode. on Like, I want to do an episode where you just tell us about rabies. Okay. And we are horrified. Yeah, you should be. It's terrible. You need to do um, Cujo. That's just what this is oh, just telling me. You know, we ought to do Cujo. Okay, no, hold on. I'm making a rule right now. The next movie that we do, no children. Or dogs. I can handle the dog a little bit more because I've been watching a horror my whole life, but I've only had a kid for seven years now, and apparently that is not enough to be, like, inoculated. I had to take my headphones off during that final scene where she was screaming and holding onto the dad because I was like, holy shit, that's exactly what Leia would do. That screaming, I've heard it. The holding onto my shirt, don't leave me, stay with me. I've, I've heard that. I had to take my headphones off and I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Somebody tell me when the screaming's over. Horrors untold within this movie. The child screaming for her father to stay with her is like, it fucking killed me. I couldn't, could not handle that shit. All right, so no kids in the next movie. No crying kids. There could be kids, but they have to be happy the entire time. If we do, like, possessed children, like evil children, that's fine. We can have evil children. But, like, no good children being emotionally harmed. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, what is what is your answer to your poll question, then, Adrian? Um, I don't know. We don't ever, as far as I know, we don't actually know what caused any of this, right? So Government we can, experiments. Government that's experiments. That's what I got. If we go sciency, um, then probably it's just about the incubation period and he still had control at the end. If we go magical um, or just paranormal or unexplained or whatever, then I kind of like to think that that the people themselves have some sort of probably dwindling control over who they are as a zombie. Um I think it's possible that your last thoughts do matter because with the sisters, again, the last thing that she saw before she got bitten was her sister. They were both so sad and then they saw each other and they had a moment of brightness. She was smiling at her sister when she died. And, you know, the girl, the teenage girl, I don't know why I don't know anybody's name in this movie. I don't think we ever hear anybody say names. Like, I mean, we know the little girl's name, Suan. Yeah, but that's only, I think that's the only name we actually hear repeatedly. Everybody else, it's just go even go the go. Fa- yeah, even the father to be only refers to his girl as like my wife. Yeah. Um. So anyway, 
Um, so the, 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 the teenage girl with her, I don't know what sport that is, little bitty baseball bats. Oh, I just I, I was like, that's baseball. I just went baseball. It's like, OK, we'll say it's baseball because it's not it's not a cricket bat. It's not. Uh, I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know sports well enough for that. Um, you, the, so the, uni- the uniforms are distinctly baseball, though. Like it, that's- looked, it looked very baseball, but with tiny little bats. <laughs> um, so the teenage girl and her wannabe boyfriend, she died with her head in his lap when she bit him. It looked like a kiss. You know, so like we have these moments of people being bitten and then in the in the time following still being who they are or thinking about the last thing that they saw. So the part of me that really likes magical things wants that to be the case. It also kind of explains other things like why sometimes people got away in moments when maybe they shouldn't have. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We do appreciate your support. As always, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter at Beyond Cabin. We have a Facebook page, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, and also our website, beyondthecabinthewoods.com. Debbie runs our Instagram, which is at Beyond Cabin. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter as at Callista77. Donna? You can find me at Dragon Goblin. There's no I in the last syllable. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Dragon Goblin. By the way, I've discovered recently that there is a Dragon Goblin on Twitter, on TikTok. It's not me. I don't know who it is. They're an imposter. <laughs> so. All right. And what about you, Adrian? You can find me on Twitter at Junkyard Poet. And uh, I'm about to tell you my TikTok name, but I don't know it. <laughs> okay. So my username, it's all one word. No no spaces no periods no punctuation or anything is adrian's buried at the cabin nice i like it i do too adrian is spelled a d r e a n because again i'm a dick (laughs) (laughs) and as always thank you so much to our editor billy who makes us sound awesome and professional af we appreciate it we love you billy all right well thank you guys so much and we will see you in a couple weeks don't read the lack. Do you know what horror is? Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.